Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Thank you, Earl, for the update. Welcome back to G&D. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondorian Murad, the official Grant and Danny show sponsor. They're going to help protect your assets, update your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys, Visit KMLawyers.com and mention the show to get a discount. KMLawyers.com. Those guys are awesome. They are really, really cool dudes. Got a chance to hang out with them an extended time at the uh, 106.7 The Fan versus 106.7 The Fan HD2 event a couple Fridays ago, which was a blast on stilts. That's a troll for Chris Russell in case he's listening in the hallway. But uh, that was a lot of fun, man. Good good to hang out with those guys. Good dudes. Uh, Congrats right now, as promised. Caller 10 at 800-636-1067. You're winning two tickets that's such a good bit. You like that, man? To the Washington Capitals. Sunday, March 3rd at Capital One Arena versus Arizona. Tickets are on sale now. For tickets and more event information, go to thefandc.com slash events, courtesy of Monumental Sports. It is time for our Blitz, so let's get it popping. We begin on the ice with the Caps, who are taking on the New Jersey Devils tonight, and they are looking... They get a critical two points. John, look, make no bones about it. This team has not played as well over the last couple of weeks as we were hoping, but they're showing some signs of turning a corner here. What do we think going into tonight's game against a team four points ahead of them in the standings? Well, they scored some goals in Montreal, and even though you were playing a team that is outside the playoff picture, you were doing it in their building, hostile environment, Saturday night, hockey night in Canada, and they found a way, so that's good. But we have said for weeks now they've got to start stringing wins together if they want to make a run for the eight spot. As play starts tonight, they're eight points back of the eight spot, which is currently held by Detroit. New Jersey is sitting in between them. This is the last time they will see the Devils this season here tonight. they got to win, guys, and they've got to do it in regulation. There are no half measures anymore. If you fancy yourself a team that can play in the postseason – you have to win this game tonight, period. Uh, because if you don't, now you're looking at potential double digits back. You're going to sell at the deadline. I mean, you just you cannot give up any more ground. And I think that the vibe around the team has been pretty good. I think they're scoring goals. Charlie Lindgren's going to get the start tonight. Uh, he's played, you know, obviously very well this season. Uh, but against a team that loves to score off the rush, and without Martin Ferravari, there's certainly a lot of challenges to this one tonight, too. Yeah, so, John, I mean, every team got the benefit of it, but do you think this group maybe benefited a little bit extra from that all-star break, having a little bit of time away as a, as a, as a battery recharge? Yeah, I think a guy, Danny, like Connor McMichael did, I think, 
he's really taken to heart. He's got to use his skating ability. He's just such a tremendous swift skater. Uh, and Spencer's made mention to us that that's a message that he's been told. And we've really seen it. And he's been able to break through and finally break along goal drought, too. So you hope that that line has more to give. Like, say, Protus, an even longer goal drought. He broke that on Saturday night in Montreal. So uh, to be able to see those guys alongside Anthony Mantha, who's been really good this season, and really I think one of the biggest success stories for Spencer Carberry this season is getting his career turned around. He wasn't very good the last couple of years in terms of scoring goals. He's been really good this year. So uh, I think between those three, that's a source for offense. Dylan Strom dishing the puck to Alex Ovechkin. That's worked since the break, too. So, yeah, I think you know getting recharged and getting ready to go down the stretch here so far uh, you know, the winds haven't been there every night, but we have at least seen, as you said, there are some signs that things are starting to get better. Charlie Lindgren between the pipes tonight, 265 goals against, 913 save percentage. He has been the best goaltender on the team this season, so that should give you a chance. Caps 2-6-2 and two in their last 10, 2-2-1 two, two and one in their last five. Uh, digging into the game notes today that the team puts out, one thing that stood out to me, the Devils have the number two road power play in the National Hockey League, about 28 and change percent. Uh, so that's a key for me is just staying out of the box. What else going into this game do you notice? Yeah, I mean, the Devils are a team that score off the rush. And, you know, the power play is lethal. Jack Hughes is one of the most dynamic young players in the game. And in talking with Spencer Carberry for the show tonight, uh, and he said, look, nobody scores off the rush better than this team does. There are a lot of teams that do it well, but that's their bread and butter. So, you have to slow down the game. You've got to play a little bit more methodical. You can't run and gun. I mean, the Caps really can't run and gun with anybody right mm-hmm. now. They win three to two games. That's how they win. Uh, but if you start getting into a track meet with these guys, they will embarrass you. And Jack Hughes is going to be the guy uh, more often than not that does that. They're pretty dynamic from the back end. Ex-Cap, uh, Jonas Siegenthaler is going to get back in. He missed 17 games. Uh, we hear that he's getting back in tonight. It makes him a little tougher on defense, too. Take advantage of your opportunities and defense first. To your point, stay out of the box. And your fewer, as good as the penalty kill has been, I think by and large this season it's been pretty good for Washington. But you do not want to depend on that against a team like the Devils. And just be ready that they're going to be coming at you. And even without Martin Farivari tonight, that's going to be maybe a little bit bigger challenge too. John, thank you as always, buddy. Have a great call. Thanks, fellas. See you. We'll see you, buddy. Hit that NFL sounder, Darius. GP, right now, everybody's pretty much staring at the Chicago Bears. They pretty much hold all the keys to what happens, whether it's with the first pick, whether it's with Justin Fields. I feel like they're sort of the igniter of the offseason. Whenever they make a move, and and they're going to probably try to do that, it sounds like, before the draft, within the next week or so, they're going to finalize their plan, whatever that is, whether they put it into action or not, I'm sure that'll leak out. But everyone's kind of looking at them with what they're going to do. What do you think? Yeah, and as of right now, at least from what they're telling people, they're not sure. They want to know by next week, according to the reports this weekend, which direction they plan on going in. I think they put that out there for a reason. They want offers to start yeah. coming in. And maybe you're not going to find out exactly what you're going to get for the number one overall pick in Caleb Williams, but you're going to find out certainly what teams are willing to offer for Justin Fields. I think they're going to do pretty well for Fields, honestly. What do you think the market's going to be? I mean, I, I'm always surprised. They're definitely going to get a two. Mm-hmm. And I would guess they'll get a second pick that's you know at least a a four, maybe it's as good as a three. That that seems a little rich for two me. Two and a sweetener? Yeah, two and a, and a second mid-round pick, I think, for Fields is pretty good value for a guy you're deciding you're moving on from anyway. You're getting better at the position he plays, theoretically. Certainly higher ceiling prospect in Caleb Williams coming in. So I think they flip him. Look, there are teams that want to dabble 
into that veteran quarterback market. And he's still cheap for right now. Mm -hmm. If you're not sure if you're paying him among the clubs that could be interested, like the the Vikings, if Kirk Cousins moves on, you could draft someone mid-late first, trade back, take someone outside of the top 10. You could have Fields be your starter at the beginning of the year as a bridge. Teams like Pittsburgh, debating between Trubisky and uh, Kenny Pickett. Like, could Justin Fields be of interest there? I still think Atlanta would make a ton of sense if Cousins doesn't end up going there. Those are the types of teams that are probably going to come forward. And if you're getting a starter for potentially a couple seasons, if you're willing to use a franchise tag, maybe even keep him around longer, I don't know why you wouldn't give up a two if you're sold on fields as a dual threat. Because what you're balancing is the obviously this year's quarterback prospect class and what you'd have to give up to get one of those, assuming you're not one of these top three teams who's probably not in the market to trade for Justin Fields. Then you kind of go, do we want that identity? And by the way, that's not crazy to want that. If you want to go all in and be a Ravens with Lamar Jackson type offense, this guy ran for over a thousand yards when they finally just let him go, right? They were trying to do this drop back a bunch, pat the football, throw to Cole Komet sometimes, or Darnell Mooney or somebody. They had inadequate personnel. And they finally went, you know what? Screw it. Let this kid, who's one of the best runners at the quarterback position in history, go crazy. Went for over 1,000 yards, had like eight touchdowns and basically two-thirds of a season once they turned him loose as a runner. There's value in that, having a quarterback that can make those kinds of plays if everything's tailored that way. I wonder where Russell Wilson's going to end up. It seems like a foregone conclusion. We talked about this last week. He's not going back to Denver. They didn't bench him at the end of the year to keep him from getting hurt and, and kicking in one of his you know, roster escalators to not immediately move on from him this offseason. So whether they cut him and take a gigantic bath financially or whether they try to find a trade partner, which I think is an impossibility, the nine-time Pro Bowler, former Super Bowl champion, former Walter Payton Man of the Year is going to be available. And he's one of the biggest stars in football over the last decade. Now everybody mm-hmm. knows he is not the guy – he once was. I mean, there was a time where he led the NFL in touchdown passes. There were years where he was throwing 40 touchdowns. Last year, 16 touchdowns in 15 games. This past season was a lot better under Sean Payton. Denver went from 4-11 and to 7-8 and with Wilson at the helm. 26 touchdowns and 8 picks. It was kind of that Indianapolis Colts-Carson Wetz game-managing type season. If you don't have to pay him huge money, and assuming he gets cut, you won't. It'll be um, a discounted rate from his prime. My guess is there will be a decent market for Russell Wilson. Because we're talking yeah. about like the, the middle-class quarterback money. He's going to get one of those Daniel Jones, probably Geno Smith, rich kind of contracts. It's still a star power type move, right? Where it, it, last year was, was, wasn't was good by any stretch of the imagination, but also wasn't a disaster. It wasn't bottom falling out. This guy can't even tie his own shoe. As you said, almost 4,000 yards and 15 starts, 26 touchdowns, eight picks. Very little dynamic anymore. He's not making those special plays, but he's also not, again, so horrendous that he can't even get out of bed in the morning. Thank God that when Rivera and the Marty Party tried to trade three number ones for we Russell really Wilson, did, okay. the Seahawks said no. Let's talk Commanders. Our buddy Michael Phillips, Odyssey in Richmond. Michael, last time I saw you, we were taking a peek at our guy Carrot Top. He did not look good. Is he still alive? Have we checked in on him? I texted um, you the other night. I said, <laughs> best of my knowledge, Carrot Top is still alive. I mean, that that he was on the roids for a while, like he got really big, and I, I like somebody like popped pun, punched a needle in him and it just shriveled right back up. Doesn't look good. It's not great with Carrot Top right yeah, now, Danny. It's not. My guy's still doing shows like six nights a week, though, Philly. Yeah, 
he he keeps it fresh too. He he was on my show last uh, from uh, from Radio Row, and he, uh, he he brought his own Super Bowl material. He had fresh stick. What what was his Super Bowl material? Was it good? He, he goes, um, man, you know it, it's crazy. There's going to be eighty thousand people there on, on Sunday at the stadium, and only one usher. <laughs> Pretty good zing that by Carrot Top. Uh, that is that 40, is Carrot Top's style. Forty dollars at the Tropicana. <laughs> I Let's suppose. go. <laughs> Line forms here. Uh, Miguel, as this dust has settled here on the Washington coaching staff, this was kind of the appeal of Dan Quinn, or at least kind of what was leaked out was you guys may think he's a retread and a little bit boring and a defensive coach. And that's a challenge, but wait till you see the staff. I got to say, I'm taking it back. I'm pretty damn impressed. It's a very, it's a great staff. Lots of head coaching experience. Uh, certainly a lot of guys who know ball, who can teach ball. And, uh, you know, as you've heard at the press conferences and we'll hear out of tomorrow's press conferences, a very impressive, accomplished group. Yeah, for me, that doesn't uh, negate what I would call the big picture things here, which, which are I don't know that you're building in the right direction to the future of the NFL. But in the small picture, like will Benjamin St. Juice get better next year? Like will guys on the team play better? Uh, I think indisputably the answer is yes. This is a really good staff. Michael, we're going to play the audio of Rick Spielman in just a couple of minutes. He helped hire the GM and the head coach here in Washington, and he was asked what he thinks about the number two overall pick. I'm curious uh, how much you think his take matters, I guess, number one, as a former GM who was talking about that pick, presumably, with both of the candidates turned hirees. Yeah, I think his opinion is to be respected in football circles. I will say he is like Mr. Caleb Williams. He's a big Caleb Williams stan. I don't know that I'm following him like all the way to the edge of that bridge. I don't know if you've heard that clip. Uh, I don't think he will be a major voice in who they pick. Um, I think his job was to go get Adam Peters, and, and he went and got Adam Peters. Uh, I think Adam Peters will be the primary voice on who they take or, or don't take or, or do whatever they do with at number two. Uh, that said, obviously, his philosophy was a guiding foundational pillar of the search, and he's got Josh Harris's ear. So when, when he talks, I think it's important. Uh, I don't, though, I don't think I would run it to the bank as though anything he says is reflective of what the Washington commanders are going to do when they turn in the card. Miguel, have you caught a lot of the, I, th- I think there's a very strong, I don't know how large it is. I think it's tough to quantify, but percentage of the fan base, I hear from them all the time because they were raised with the hogs in the eighties and run the dang ball and three quarterbacks and, and, and whatever. And they've been so scarred by everyone from Heath Shrew to Robert Griffin and everything in between. They are a team trade back. They, they can't handle the idea of trying to tra- uh, grab, grab a quarterback up high, either trade back and let Howell go with the new staff or trade back and pick up one of these lesser quarterbacks and sort of trust the process kind of guys. Have you encountered a lot of that? What do you say to them? Yeah, and what's interesting is that not only that, uh, Ben Standig, our guy, ran a poll the other day on Twitter. A lot of people participated in, said, who do you want at number two? I think 11% of people said they wanted Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm not here to tell you Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't a great player. He is. He's going to be really good in the NFL. That's malpractice if you turn in the pick at number two and it's a wide receiver and not a quarterback. Uh, so, you know, there's always going to be those parts of the fan base. I, the other thing for me is I, I am at war between two things. One is I am team trade back almost all the time, almost always. Statistically speaking, you're better off trading back than you are turning in a pick at any time in the draft. The exception might be you, when a great quarterback is available for you and a, and a great quarterback's going to be available for you, whether you're picking one, two, or three this year. Uh, and, and I think that negates my enthusiasm for that somewhat. 
Uh, the other thing that's interesting is you talk to Adam Peters, right, and people say, oh, his experience with Trey Lance has left him scarred on picking quarterbacks or, or whatever it is. I don't think that's it at all because their, their thought process in taking Trey Lance was not this guy can't miss. Their thought process was, look, we're about to start rolling off 10 win seasons. We're never going to be able to sniff the, the a top three pick again. We need to take our chances now while we can get one and, and try for one of these franchise quarterbacks. Sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. And that's true this year as well. But if this goes correctly, if, if Dan Quinn coaches them up, if Adam Peters picks the guys, we're not going to be talking about top three picks again. That, that's a really compelling reason to take a shot and try to get one of these guys because life gets a lot easier if you have one. Michael, thank you, buddy. Good catching up as always. Absolutely. See you, bud. That is your Beltway Blitz on Grant and Danny. So Rick Spielman, he is the longtime executive, former Vikings GM, who was on the panel that helped hire Adam Peters and Dan Quinn. He was in on both searches. He was asked, as he's back now to his media role, who would he take second overall? I think his answer is worth listening to as someone who was chopping it up with Washington's brass and helping to decide who were the best football people of the lot. Presumably the the top pick came up. Uh, That's next on Grant and Danny. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rick Spielman works for the 33rd team and is a contributor to a bevy of outlets, providing an expertise as a former GM. This offseason, he took a break from all of his work so that he could work for the commanders, so that he could help them (laughs) pick their GM and their head coach. They landed on Adam Peters, which we're happy about. Dan Quinn, who just put together a really quality coaching staff. And now he's back to working. And the number two overall pick came up. And this is what Spielman said when he was on a PFF broadcast about who he's got behind Caleb Williams, who's distantly his number one quarterback, it sounds like. Yeah, I like Drake May a lot. Uh, I had the ability and uh, to watch him play live down in Miami last year. 
and um, his size. I think he is very athletic. I think he has arm talent. I think he's another one. He did not have the same talent around him this year. He made some poor decisions turning the ball over or forcing the ball where it probably could have kept it. Uh, And then Jaden Daniels is an incredible story coming from where he started at at uh, ASU, uh, Arizona State, where he was still developing. You can say, God, this guy will never be a first-round pick to when he transferred into LSU and the strides he made from last year to this year and uh, how much better he has improved. So I think all three of these uh, are going to be very successful he would go on and, and has previously talked about how he thinks there's a chance that, as you heard at the end of that answer, all three of these quarterbacks could be really good NFL QBs. Mm-hmm. But he's got May ahead of Daniels, it sounds like, in his pecking order as his number two and his number three guys behind Caleb Williams. Here's the question I would have. Does his thinking matter any more than a normal media person who is a former GM? In other words... We know that he ran in front office. We know that he's made quarterback decisions. He was the guy that paid Cousins, brought him to Minnesota. He's drafted QBs. Like, I, I get that he's a former GM. It's not like me or you just sitting here right. talking football and telling you what quarterbacks we like. But does the fact that he was working with the commanders, the fact that he's presumably talked about the number two overall pick with Peters, maybe even with Quinn for all we know, does that give it any more credence when he says – what he thinks, or is he just another former GM in the media? It's more. It's. I think you quantified it very well. It's more than you and me. It's more than most fans. It's more than most media members. But it's less than Adam Peters. How much do you think he talked to Peters about what he would want to do at number two? Because remember, the whole point of Spielman in that mm-hmm. kind of uh, group, like Bob Myers was the here's how you structure an org guy. Mm-hmm. Josh Harris was the I'm the owner and I'm the businessman type guy. Rick Spielman was the football guy. Football guy in the room with football and guys. When Adam Peters would leave and Ian Cunningham or any of the other GMs would come and go for their interviews, they'd go, all right, Rick, how did he stand up? What were the football chops like? You know, I wonder if he's talking about number two, if he's putting a check mark for someone who's really high on Drake May versus Daniels or vice versa. I mean, there's no way that that never comes up. A, a person talking about football is probably going to talk about the situation the football team that he may or may not be coaching is in. Yeah. You know what situation they're in? The salary cap money. Uh, what's the best way to allocate salary cap money? What's it, the number two draft pick? Do you think that absolutely that comes up? Evaluations there because you want to hear. You want to hear guys how, 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 you know, the convictions on players, right? What can he do? What can he do? What could he do for us? What makes the most sense? What kind of player do you want? Well, would that be something that you have to get at number two? Could you get that at 15? Could you trade up, trade back? All those kinds of conversations absolutely are happening when you start talking philosophies and team building, roster building, the whole nine yards. Absolutely it came up. Now, does that mean that the the evaluation that Rick Spielman has is identical to Adam Peters? Of course it doesn't. We're not naive. They're not like sharing a, a you know one AI brain at this point, but I guarantee they've had some conversations and some some thinking will rub off. Yeah, and also what Spielman thinks honestly doesn't really matter because they didn't hire him as GM. I guess my point is, would he be more inclined when he graded these guys out to just say more favorable things about someone who might be like-minded on some of the critical issues of the offseason? I think that's a fair question. I guess my answer is, I value his opinion as a former GM the same way I would if we were to have Bill Polian on or, Mm -hmm. you know, Randy Mueller or some of these guys. And Spielman, I actually think really highly of, I thought he was a really good GM. 
and think he's been a good executive, think he should get back in the league. Uh, but I don't think his take on the number two pick is in any way indicative of what Washington might be thinking. Because at its core, that's really what we're asking and what we're wondering. Is he, you know, what you and I joked about this when he was helping with the searches. Mm-hmm. I remember saying something along the lines of, I can't wait till he goes back to doing his draft pod so I can hear all of his take on, you know, what he thinks Washington's going to do. Right. If he came out and said, and he will eventually, I'm sure, if he said, I think the commanders really like Jaden Daniels, and I think that the commanders are a good fit for him, I expect them to take him, that would mean more to me. Radar goes up. Now, I know he's talked to Adam Peters more than most. I know he's talked to Dan Quinn. I know he's talked to Josh Harris. When he makes a prediction, when he suggests what he thinks they think, that I'm going to care about. But just him, when he's asked, what do you think? To me, that is on the same level for me of of my interest as just super knowledgeable evaluator types that are in the media. But rest assured, when he comes at you and makes a prediction, Mm -hmm. now I'm listening. When we hear hey, what do you think Washington should address in free agency? I think they should be really aggressive, and I think they want an inside linebacker. Like Those are the types of things probably that he's now using. How? Why wouldn't you use that knowledge that you gleaned from that process in your life now leaving that gig? Of course, it's an asset. It's an advantage, right? I mean, you, you had that inside... <laughs> You know, uh, inside the rope that we're all craving, all, all that information, as you said, makes you better when you're when you're outside, being able to sort of speak to it in, in an authoritative way. So you're 100 percent right. I, I, I maybe I put more stock in it than you do, is what it sounds like. I mean, I'm not sitting here going, "This is gospel." They're trading up the number one to take Williams, but it is to me more noteworthy than your average bear. Like, like again, we'll have on the Dane Burglars of the world. The, the you know, I, I can't think of all the, the draft guys. There's so many that we like, uh, Christopher Prosso and and. Uh, um, you know, all the, all the smart dudes. We get the point. Right, yeah, all those different you guys. Keep That'd be a good I mean, bit. You know, the guys uh, with the hair, good That's dude. A, my guy, Chris Russell, bit, where you just name like, uh, who's the guy? You just name like 10 more guys. Tampa Trey and uh, Trevor Sycamore. And then we have, yeah. I mean, it, it means more to me than those guys. Not that th- th- those guys are good, but it's like, it's, dare a, you. it's a little bit more to me, a little bit more weight to it because he was in the room in those interviews in that process. I don't even know if I would go that far. At this point, honestly, to say that, which is weird. I don't think I trust Spielman as a former GM implicitly more than I do someone who just grinds state for hours and hours and hours who was never a GM. I guess it, it, I would determine that based on their batting average, how they've fared recently. When I've asked them about guys, what did they think? Like, were they super high on guys that stunk or low on guys who turned out to be great? Because let's face it, I mean, as much as I love Spielman, and I do think he was a really good GM, it's not like they batted 1,000. He was there when they just took Kellen Mond, wasn't he? Maybe that was Kwesi's first draft, but like you can go back right around and there. find a lot of misses, man, uh, with, with the Vikings. I mean, So <clears throat> just because you're a GM, that doesn't mean you got carte blanche, I don't think. Let's go to Shane in Virginia. Because you know he was in on this process, Shane, does it add in, in any way to how you feel about him saying he's a Drake May guy? Commander Danny and Grant. No, absolutely not. I, I, no, I, I, what he says doesn't hold water to me. It doesn't matter what he says because I know what, the, what we're going to end up doing probably. What I think we should do, honestly, I don't care what anybody thinks. But, you know, no, I think that there's other quarterbacks out there besides the three big names. Like there's a kid out there by the name of Joe Milton III that everybody compares. Like you want a Josh Allen that 
He's got the strongest arm. When he comes to the NFL, he will have the strongest arm. Shane, you're doing a Homer, Tennessee bit right now, aren't you? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. But here's the thing, though. Look at Anthony Richardson. You drafted him last year on pure, pure ability. If you're going to draft him on pure ability to draft, the draft, still the pick has got to be uh, Joe Milton III. Like, look at the size. Look at the arm strength. All Drake May is a bigger version of Sam Howell. That's it. I think we have other needs. Yeah, we need a quarterback. But we have a quarterback on the roster for dirt cheap. Let's say we build this offensive line the way you're supposed to build a franchise because that's how you win. Look in the Super Bowl. Just, it just, just, you saw it every Help year. me with something real quick, Shane, while I got you. Because yeah. bef- before I let Go you ahead. go, you just said something that I see other people say. And I couldn't disagree with it more, but I want to know where it comes from. You said Drake May yeah. is a bigger version of Sam Howell. I don't think they really have a lot in common. I mean, they, they, they're from North Carolina. They have strong arms. That's about it. But why do you Mobility, say that? They're both, because, number one, they're both athletic. Okay, They're both athletic quarterbacks. And you know what? <laughs> Sam Howell didn't have a bad year last year. This, I mean, he got thrown to the Wolves. Technically, when they messed up this organization, they should have put him out there year one. Agreed. And this year, he'll be in his second year coming in, and now you know what they're evaluating. Now you can sit there and say, we need a damn quarterback. But we've not had a quarterback in 30 years. They're going to go ahead and draft. I would draft Daniel. Me, personally, I would draft. I wouldn't have, the NFL's changed. It's not that Peyton Manning sat back and, and take you apart. You have to have a mobile quarterback. Look at the super, look at the front four right now in every defense in the NFL. I agree it's with just, you. Thanks, Shane. Thanks for the call. Here's the problem, though. You're suggesting that Drake May isn't that guy. Drake May is way more mobile and way more a runner, in air quotes, than people think he is. I mean, he didn't run for 900 yards because they lost all their weapons, like Howell did his last year. You know what I mean? But, like, he still moves around. The playmaking gene is there. He is the only quarterback in the last two years to account for 9,000 yards of total offense when you combine passing and rushing. Nobody else did that. He accounted for 42 first downs with his legs on third and fourth down over the last two seasons. 42. If you compare that, I think Daniels was um, the, the number for Jaden Daniels was twenty-two. Caleb Williams twenty-three. Bo Nix thirty-one. Drake May third and fourth down scrambles. He ran for first down forty-two times more than anybody else in the country. The notion that he does not have that mobility, that athleticism, those legs is just incorrect. And I'll say the same thing to defend Jaden Daniels as a passer. I think people have given him a bit of a raw deal throwing the ball. And I think people are giving Drake May a raw deal running because you see that. It's like, well, you can't just be a pocket passer in today's NFL. Probably true. Also, good thing Drake May is not just a traditional pocket passer. He's a hell of an athlete. 800-636-1067. Do you care at all that Spielman, who helped Washington find their GM and their head coach, has gone on the record to say he's got May ahead of Daniels on his board? You're listening to the fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Yeah, I like Drake May a lot. Uh, I had the ability and uh, to watch him play live down in Miami last year. And um, his size, I think he is very athletic. I think he has arm talent. I think he's another one. He did not have the same talent around him this year. He made some poor decisions turning the ball over or forcing the ball where it probably could have kept it. That's Rick Spielman, who helped Washington find their GM and head coach. Welcome back. Grant and Danny on the fan. Look, Rick Spielman's opinion is a lot like that of other now analysts. He is a GM. He did run a draft room. But, you know, Danny, you said you kind of put him ahead of the guys that weren't GMs, Mm -hmm. which I understand. He drafted Christian Ponder and Teddy Bridgewater and Kellen Mond. So I don't even necessarily do that. I think he knows what he's talking about. I think he's sharp. I like the guy. I want to get him on the show. I think he is as good an analyst right now with the GM backing and perspective as there is. But I say that to tell you, like, I'm not adding any extra value because he was in the room helping to pick Peters. I don't think he said, who would you take second? And Peters said, "Eh, probably Mayo over Daniels. And then he went to the Harris group and he's like, this is definitely your guy. Did it come up? Sure. He also likes both. As he said in his answer, he Mm -hmm. thinks, There might be three guys in this draft that are really good. But the question we've got for you guys is, look, when he speaks, we're going to be paying close attention. He was in the room for much of this offseason with Harris and the ownership group. And I specifically think when he makes predictions or gives you an idea of what he thinks the team thinks, you got to listen. Your Raiders should be up. Someone tweeted me and said he probably signed an NDA. Well, no kidding. Just know this. Unless I tell you, I'm speculating, or if I say I have no idea, this is just me throwing this out here. Most of the time when I say, I'll bet you they think, or I think that they think, someone has told me what I'm about to tell you. Like, that's how this whole game works. That's on background information. That You could call it off the record. Off the record to me means you can't use it. But now it's all mixed and matched. Really non-attribution, right? Hey, here's what I think this guy's going to do for us at corner. Don't attribute it to me. And then I just pretend on the radio like an expert, and I try to break it down. But that's the whole name of the game. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm texting people and calling people and trying to learn from people. So, yeah, he's got an NDA. He That means he can't come out and say, the commanders told me that they took Jaden Daniels off their board. You know who told me that was Steve. Like, he exactly. can't do that. Yeah. But he could say, I don't think the commanders like him that much. I don't. My guess is. They like Drake May more. I'm making all of this up. Yep. But that's how he's going to use that knowledge moving forward. That's how people in this business use information they glean to come off uh, as if they know what they're talking about. That's the whole name of the game. Sure. And so, But just to this issue specifically, again, I don't think it's as simple as he he looked at Adam Peters' evaluation, which probably isn't even done yet, by the way. Well, you that's know, the it, other thing. I guarantee <laughs> when he said they weren't breaking the players down because Peters hadn't watched the film Yeah, they yet. couldn't have. So it's not as if he, he took the evaluation, r- crossed out Adam, and put uh, Rick at the top and turned it over. It was like, 
I love Drake May because, and like turn like the paper, because he's big and strong. Of course not. I'm not saying it's that glaring and stupid and obvious. I bet you when they talk draft, it was more, what do you think about General finding philosophy. a quarterback? philosophy, yeah. What do you think about taking a guy at two? I bet you they may have talked about the guys casually, but there's just, Peters has not studied them yet. Right, but it, and it's it's more along the lines of what did you learn from your you know trading up for Trey Lance when you were in the room for that decision that got made that didn't go very well? What would you do differently? What would you look for differently? Would you look for a guy that was you know starter starter experience on a, a team that was bad uh, to elevate guys around him? Would you look for someone that won the Heisman Trophy? I mean, those sorts of questions and inevitable discussions about football, like that's what football people do. They talk about it. When I'm around like other baseball guys and like baseball coaches, inevitably we're talking about like the fundamentals of, of a swing and you can't stop doing it because you're addicted to it. These football guys talk to each other and he was in the room for some of the most important decisions this new group made. So there's some degree of import to that. It's not a 10 out of 10, but it's not a zero either. Let's go to Richard in Capitol Heights on Grant and Danny. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Danny. I'm doing well. Um, Rick Spillman. I watch him a lot on CBS uh, Sports. He's, a, he's good. I, I, I respect him and all. But as the guy that answered the phone, I really believe that um, it's going to be Peterson and the guys that he trusts the most. I mean, I understand that he helped with uh, getting Peterson. But I think more so it's going to be as well as uh, Josh, you know, being that this is going to be his first time with an NFL team, with an NFL draft. I believe that um, – They'll take their time and, and pick the right one. So as much as I respect his view on things, I believe that um, it's just, you know, him just, you know, speaking his, his point of view. Yeah, so to be clear, I appreciate the phone call. Don't Please don't mistake what we're saying. Nobody thinks Rick Spielman's calling the shots. He's not an assistant general manager. If they wanted him to be, they would have named him mm-hmm. the assistant general manager. They didn't. They went and got Lance Dumar. That's not what we're saying. What we're asking is, is there any way that his interests, proclivities, the way he sees things may have influenced the process as to how they landed to find someone like-minded? Sounds like both of us are kind of dubious about that and skeptical that that was the case anyway. But yes, he, he is not picking the players. This is an Adam Peters operation. Harris, because it's a quarterback. When it comes to GM, head coach, quarterback, the owner is going to be involved. I would imagine he's going to ask a lot of questions and not give a lot of answers because he knows what he doesn't know, unlike Dan Snyder. I certainly mm. hope that's the case. But he'll be at the table, and and I think it'll be your GM, your assistant GM, and the entire scouting department, Tim Gribble and, and his crew. Those are the people whose opinion's going to matter here. Mike in Leonardtown, what's up? Hey, Green Danny. Uh, like the conversation, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that Spielman's got – I don't feel like Spielman's going to have too big of a – of an impact. He, he certainly got a lot of experience, but uh, um, hopefully he keep that little bit more close held. I, I, I would like to comment though. I think one of the things that a lot of people are overlooking as far as that second round pick is uh, the scenario of possibly picking up uh, Hendon Hooker who uh, played for Tennessee. He was a uh, Heisman candidate before he got injured and he got picked up by the Detroit Lions. He's sitting third, third, uh, third on a depth chart. He was a third round pick. And uh, they can He's pick him up. He's under contract, but how a, would they get a, him? With a trade? With a trade, second round, second round pick. If you could trade your second round for that guy, would have been a top three pick. He's, I believe he's better than any quarterback that's coming out. And right now, he's just sitting on their bench. I mean, oh, man, they're I not going they away from golf. I don't, I don't think they're going away from golf at least for another year. And the longer he sits on that bench, being a quarterback, 
they're going to have to pay him big bucks, and he's not going to have proven anything. Uh, they, they really won't have to pay him anything, honestly. Sitting on no the deposits bench. in the bank there. I yeah, mean, he's a mid round pick, so he doesn't really make any money. And yeah, he could he just in perpetuity could kind of sit on the bench and not make a lot of money. They, I'm sure they would take that deal for a second. I'm not willing to do that. I mean, he's 26 now, by the way. Yes, he'll be 27. Yeah, I was going to mention his age and the very serious injury that he had. Uh, Daniel's much more higher ceiling electric player. Yeah, same conference, better numbers, better performance this past year. I like Tenant Hooker a lot, for the record. Same here. Uh, wouldn't have taken him early because of the age and, and the injury So history. bummed about that injury, man. But he, he was a guy when they took Hal, like in that range, that would have made some sense. And he could be your Sam Hal, basically. I think is kind of what, what he'll be in the league. G&D on the fan. Uh, let's uh, catch up with our guy David Aldridge next of The Athletic. Want to ask him about the learners deciding not to sell. He has been a Nats season ticket holder. What does he make of that? Uh, also a D.C. sports analyst and legend uh, who's covered the NBA since before I was born. Should the NBA do something about its all-star game being panned all weekend long? This is the fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 